The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live! From MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a very special edition of Between the Links here on MMAfighting.com. Thank you for checking out the program. And for those watching live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, thank you for adjusting your schedules to join us live at this early start time and for those watching or listening after the fact welcome because this is a big week ufc 264 is coming up in a little over 48 hours from right now a lot to discuss as it pertains to that card plus it is a historic show because for the first time ever in the show's history the btl tag team titles will be defended and let me just throw out this little disclaimer this warning if you will there is a lot going on with the show because there's a lot of people here. So if there's some production element issues, just deal with it. All right. We, we, we can only do so much. There's a lot of things going on right now, but uh, let's get right into this thing. Let us first introduce the challengers. First, the man who earned this opportunity for himself and his teammates with the hard fought blistering performance last week on the show. He surprised a lot of people. He was fired up. Can it carry over? into becoming a champion. Let us find out as we welcome MMA Fighting Zone, Alex Cadley, AK, how are you, sir? And after you tell us how you're doing, please introduce us to your tag team partner. Uh, first of all, can you guys see my video? Am I popping up on, oh, there we are. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Jed for giving us this opportunity. He was a, he was a, he, he did the right thing. I pinned him in a singles match to earn, I, I got him with a sneaky roll up to earn this tag team opportunity for myself and my surprise tag team partner. Uh, so, you know, last week was great. This week's going to be even better. I'm super jazzed up. Now, Jed, I know you have a great partner 
You got a badass partner. So I had to bring in my own badass, all right, to even the score, because I know you guys play dirty. So I got my own badass. I'm, I'm bringing her in. Ladies and gentlemen, and we have branding, which we'll discuss in a moment. The Kristen King. Hello, hi. Thanks for inviting me to this. I uh, appreciate the badass branding that you gave me and that introduction was just simply wonderful. So I am hoping that we can do enough to strip the titles away from Jed and Fernanda. I think that if AK from last week shows up with the ferociousness and passion he'd had, I think we have a good shot. I'm rooting for the underdogs here. Well, there you go. Welcome back to the show, AK and Kristen, as we now introduce you to the very first BTL Tag Team Champions of the World. They earned the titles with a victory over Shad Al Shadi and Jose Youngs. First, from MAFighting.com, you know this man by now, a mainstay on the show. Let us say hello to Mr. Jed Mishu. How are you, sir? And if you could also introduce your Tag Team Championship partner, that would be wonderful. Mike, I was doing really well until AK just just spouted lies. Uh, it wasn't a sneaky roll-up. It, it, it was a chair shot that the ref missed. He had an illegal answer to win the final round, uh, didn't play within the rules, and then he has the, the audacity to say that we fight dirty after that shenanigans and chicanery from last week. Uh, so... I'm not great now, but I am great because my partner, how can I be anything other than spectacular when I have the wonderful Nanda Protest with me to defend our inaugural titles? We built this division and we're going to stay on top of it. Yeah, I will say I did not know who the surprise tag team partner was going to be for Alex Lee and I'm positively surprised I think I'm breaking some MMA rule though because like on MMA shows there's only allowed to be like one woman at a time and we're <laughs> really changing things up here and I love it girl power I'm here for it and I'm very excited to repeat that amazing performance with the best tag team partner Jed that is just beautiful teamwork already and Mike Yes, Mike, can. Can, I, can I say a couple of things now that our players have been revealed? Yes. All, all the, okay, first of all, uh, I would like the team of Kristen and I to be referred to as uh, the King and I. That is our official tag team name, <laughs> named after everyone's favorite, every MMA fan's favorite, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein musical, obviously, or maybe say Rogers and Hammer Fist. <laughs> I don't know why I come up with stuff. Uh, shout outs, by the way. Shout outs in the comments, guys. I know we're live. Shout outs in the comments, your favorite uh, uh, Hammers and, uh, Hammers, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein uh, musical. I know you guys have got a lot to say about it, so please chime in. And um, Fernanda, I just want to say, everyone knows, uh, of course, Fernanda, a dear friend of mine. Uh, but I should be honest and tell you, our friendship was all a ploy to this day. To uh, Is it all a big head game to just throw you off for this day that I knew would come? when I have to take you down, and now I guess I have to take Jed down as well. So I just want you to know that uh, all these years of friendship, um, a sham. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Nanda, well, you and I are going to have to work on a name. We're going to need a, a name other than champions. I don't know what our tag team name is going to be, but we'll have many weeks to 
to figure that out. Workshop it, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now we only have about an hour, so we can we we have to move ahead. But Jadam, you brought something up that I I do want to talk about before we get to the rule set because. They have been revised a little bit for our second two-on-two matchup, but one note for you, Jed, because there was an emergency meeting of the BTL Championship Committee last night regarding your appeal from last week's show because AK's fight to watch in July was Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee, and you argue that that fight wouldn't happen until August 1st because of, well, late night slash early morning MMA. However... This world, as much as I would like it to be at times when watching sports, would wish that these leagues and promotions would cater to the East Coast audience as much as possible. We do have to consider there are many other time zones out there, and in a chunk of those time zones, it will still most definitely air on July 31st. So the committee has brought a ruling forward, appeal denied, Jed. So the BTL Championship Committee committee wanted me to let you know, thank you for keeping them on their toes, but they couldn't in good conscience overturn the ruling. AK's victory stands, Jed. You know, uh, why should I be surprised? This is this is what happens anytime you get a regulatory body involved. They're all, they're all talk, no action, don't back up their own rules. And, you know, the little guy like me, we, we suffer as a result of it. So, of course, of course that's what happened. Yes, but now for the rules. Now, last time we flip-flopped questions where one person from each team would answer question one, it would switch off in question two and so forth and so on. This time around, each member of each team will be involved in every round. We will rotate the order of who goes first in each round, but every competitor will have the chance to weigh in for each topic. The knockout round, should it get that far, will remain the same. Each competitor will have one minute to answer whatever question is asked. With that being said, Let's get Should going get here. Should it get that far? Stranger things have happened. But let us begin with this Saturday. UFC 264, most notably, the main event between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Now, normally, Alex Kaylee, you won the blind draw this week. When Conor McGregor is headlining a card, there is a certain buzz, a certain excitement that surrounds it. And yeah, it's bringing out the celebs. Even Donald Trump will be at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas on Saturday. But... For those of us who watch it all, who consume all things MMA pretty much every weekend, AK, do you feel the buzz for this one? Like we've experienced in past Connor fights? Like how would you sort of rate your excitement level for this main event on Saturday? It's it's still pretty high. It's still pretty high. I'm not gonna lie and say it's as big as it has been for uh, some other Connor McGregor fight nights. There's diminishing returns with this guy. I mean, it's a matter of how many wins does he have in the last like four years in MMA or, I shouldn't, or even in boxing for that matter, right? He has won. He beat Donald Cerrone. So this stuff matters. And, and I'm not saying that McGregor's success has always been about wins and losses because that's, that's certainly not true. But uh, but we, you know, you need to see results at some point. You can only ride, again, the, the Donald Cerrone shoulder checks for so long before people are like, okay, but are you – are you that guy that was the two division champion? Are you that guy that knocked out uh, Jose Aldo in 13 seconds? You know, are you that guy that took out Eddie Alvarez and so on and so forth? Are you that guy that took out Dustin Poirier in the first fight? Um, and these are all like legitimate questions that I think people are, are asking uh, that are not necessarily creating in as much intrigue as they are kind of like, should I bother you know, watching this guy again? Is it time to move on to, to other names and other stars? So uh, it's relative to other fighters, of course, you know, these McGregor, these McGregor fight weeks, uh, are always going to be huge, but it, it's a, it's an opponent he's fought before. He was just recently knocked out by him. Uh, the the trash talk has been meh. I mean, it's you know it's there. There's certainly an effort being made, but 
like you said, amongst sort of the, the knowledgeable MMA community, it's pretty easy to see through. It just doesn't have that sting or that bite or that tinge of reality uh, that we need. So again, it's a cool fight on paper, two of the best lightweights in the world. You're never going to complain about that. The most famous fighter in all of MMA, one of the most fan favorite fighters in all of MMA, but it's, I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm like, I'm lukewarm on the, on the, the, the buzz. So I'll, I'll, I'll lean, I'll say it's, it's not what it could be, Mike. I think it'll pick up with the press conference uh, when that goes down. But other than that late push, I don't know. I don't know if we if we have that McGregor mystique anymore to to drive us through these these days ahead of uh, of, of uh, pay per view. Jed Mishu, your thoughts on this? Where would you gauge your excitement levels for Saturday? We're still pumped about it. Look, AK is not wrong. There are some diminishing returns, but you got to pull yourself out of the pure sporting aspect and we want to see all that like when conor mcgregor fights it's fun as hell hate him or love him i'm not a huge conor guy personally i think that's been made pretty clear over the course of this show and my tenure in mma media but his in-cage product is always really worth watching like it's always awesome i mean he's fought like 13 times in the ufc is 10 bonuses and those aren't you know, just bonuses that he's got because he's famous. They bonuses because he bolted Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, or he had a back and forth war with Nate Diaz. Like he is, we're going to get our money's worth on Saturday night. Now we aren't going to get a lot of other things that we normally want to get in situations like this. You know, uh, definitive. Who's the best lightweight in, on the planet, or whatever? Like, but we're going to get an awesome fight between. Frankly, two of the most exciting fighters in the sport, like Dustin Poirier, aside from being the best lightweight in the world, one of the best fighters in the world, is also one of the most exciting fighters in the world. And he's fighting another dude who is right there with him in that. Like, I'm, it's easy to be jaded in this sport, and it's easy to kind of overlook or take it, you know, take for granted of what a Conor McGregor fight night is because of all the other baggage he carries with him and the fact that this is a, a pretty quick turnaround, but. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be really fun. The rest of the card is pretty fun as well. Uh, and I I know that when we're talking about this next week, like it's it's not going to be, oh, it's kind of a dud. It's going to be like, yeah, this is a banger, however it turns out. So I'm pumped. It should be a really good time. I'm excited for Saturday. Fernanda, AK sort of brought this up already, but you know, Connor sort of veered back to the trash talking headline making guy heading into this fight. He's been taking shots at Dustin Poirier on social media. He's leaving him these creepy voice messages, even posted a screenshot of a DM request on Instagram from Poirier's wife, whether that's true or not, who the hell knows, but he's getting a little more aggressive with the interviews, you know, and Dustin has said he's been staying off of social media for the most part, but like AK said, there is a press conference later on today, 8 p.m. Eastern, which you can watch right here on MMA Fighting, where Dustin's going to have to hear it all and see it all. So what have you made of Connor's approach to this trilogy fight compared to the fight in January? Yeah, I think uh, the thing with, with Connor is that at this point, this whole thing, the mind games and whatever, it feels like something he does more for himself than for anyone else. Like, I don't know if he thinks that he's bait that he is baiting Dustin. I don't think um, that's probably likely at this point. Dustin Poirier himself, I mean, Dustin, we're friends on first name basis. Uh, but like he said it himself that he has been staying away from social media, whether that's true or not. I don't see why he would lie about that. At this point, though, like when you think about 
you know, the version of Conor McGregor that showed up for that second fight and what happened in that second fight, um, maybe in his head, it's kind of like, no, I need, I need to create the sort of adversarial situation. Like maybe it is something that he does to hype himself up, to put himself in that sort of competitive mindset. I don't really know. The whole thing is that I do think that the impact is lesser and lesser. Like I can't even speak in terms of buzz at this point because I spend my life in an apartment in Mexico City. Like I just feel like I don't really have a pulse on what's happening on the outside world. I do think that FOMO is a powerful force. It has been making us watch all of these boxing matches, even those of us who weren't necessarily all that interested or who thought they were going to be able to skip it. And then we see everybody talking about it online and then we watch. Um, That's a powerful force. I think Conor McGregor is still a, a FOMO-inducing character. He makes things he makes things look big. We have media members who weren't necessarily going to other fight weeks, going to cover this one. Um, you know, it feels momentous in a way, but at the same time, uh, like you said, I don't even know exactly all of the things that he tweeted. And that's rare, not because I used to chase whatever he was tweeting. I did not follow Conor McGregor. I am not a McGregor fan, but I couldn't escape it because it was everywhere, because literally every site had the same headline and it was smack dab in our faces. And he really monopolized the narrative of every fight week. And it doesn't really necessarily feel that way this time. I think partially because of the result of the second fight, but obviously also I think we're kind of collectively moving past, albeit slowly, he's obviously still a big star, um, the, you know, being chanted with the McGregor thing. So I, I'm just very curious because with him, it's, with everything, it's always a question mark, right? Like, how is he going to show up in the cage as a fighter is always a question mark at this point. And, and, and how is he going to show up in the press conference as a human person? I have no clue. If he's doing all that on Twitter, I'm going to imagine he's going to show up, try to be aggressive, maybe try to get, you know, in, in Poirier's face. I just question how effective this is going to be at this point after, you know, the history that they already have together. Kristen, what have you made of of Conor McGregor's approach to this fight compared to the second meeting in January? Yeah, I think that Conor is, as Fernanda said, he's really trying to hype himself up. And I think a lot of people have kind of had that doubt start to set in. Like, is this the Conor McGregor of the notable fame that we know him of? Is this the same Conor McGregor that was able to bounce back from a loss like how he did in the Nate Diaz fight? That was such a shocker for a lot of people. And then he bounced back and he narrowly won that fight. But at the end of the day, he did win. So I think that this is another one of those instances where people are starting to question whether or not Connor is worth the allure that he used to bring in. I mean, of course, people are still going to buy the pay-per-view event no matter what, because it is a fight. But at the same time, if you've noticed, his social media antics are not hitting the same way that they used to. I thought that the voice message was certainly a, hey, is this what the kids are doing now? Are they leaving voice messages on Twitter? I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that and try to drum up some more interest in the fight. When this fight really doesn't need any more interest than it already has. I think we're already invested in the completion of the trilogy, especially in the emphatic ways that both fights between him and Dustin ended. Um, so it just comes across as like, 
hey, no, 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 it's still me, guys. It's still Connor. I'm still going to be that brash Irishman no matter what, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get inside my opponent's head. But I think Fernanda hit it on the head when she's like, how effective is this really? Because I've seen the tweets. I've been invested in what he's trying to do, and it just kind of kind of fall flats for me. I just want to see what he's going to look like when he does step into the octagon. Cause the last time I thought he looked, um, in true form, but after he lost, obviously there was a lot of, um, there's like a plethora of excuses. It was, I was too focused on the boxing thing. I didn't check the leg kicks. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. What Connor is going to come in now. That's what I'm most interested in. I'm not interested about you leaving voice message or trying to paint this weird picture of Dustin Poirier's wife trying to message you on social media. I don't know the authenticity of that anyway. So it just seems like he's trying to keep on with that remaining, or should I say fleeting, ferocity that he usually approaches his fights with. And it it sucks, because I'm already interested in the fight no matter what. Um, but yeah, I think Connor's just trying to do Connor things, and it just—I feel like we've run our course with that. AK, we'll close it out with this: If Dustin Poirier wins, he gets a second straight win over Connor. He gets to put this chapter of his career behind him. He goes on more than likely to fight Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title. Connor would do the same with a win. Plus, he answers a lot of these questions that we brought up in the process. So, let me ask you this, AK. For whom would a loss be more catastrophic, Connor or Dustin? It's it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be for Connor if we're talking just about his fighting career. Because again, we've all kind of said this in one shape or another that wins and losses don't really matter anymore. He's reached this other level of fame, of mainstream notoriety. That again, he could if he wanted to fight like another two years and never won again it just wouldn't it just wouldn't matter it would matter to us again like we said sort of the the hardcores but his his name is his name is just synonymous with the ufc now synonymous with mma and, and making money and all that so it, it wouldn't hurt him in that sense his fighting career i mean again i think it, I, the motivation matters to him i know i know people are kind of questioned like oh well, you know all these excuses that people make for him like uh i still think he's he himself still cares about winning fights. And I think getting beaten definitively by Dustin again, either he retreats to boxing, you know, so he can continue fighting another way, but his MMA career, I mean, I don't know how much longer he wants to do this, to go through these camps, to do all this, to do all this, this, this uh, whatever media he is doing now, he's kind of doing less than he's done in the past, but uh, go through this whole process, be away from his family. He's a lame dad now, let's be honest. That's another reason he's become, you know, kind of an interest. He's a lame dad guy now. He's not a cool dad like you, Mike. <laughs> you know, we can't all be cool dads like Mike Heck. No, Conor McGregor's a lame dad now. Uh, and that's sort of another reason why I think he's lost He's lost a bit of his edge. So, uh, I was, what, 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 oh gosh, I lost, my, I lost my train of thought here. This is a bad sign. Uh, oh so yes, no, no, no. Yeah, so yeah, he, he needs the win. He needs to win. I, re- I really think he needs to win. Not just because of Poirier, not just because it's the fight that's coming up, obviously. It's, it's this trilogy. It's this, it's this story that he himself has, has, uh, has built up to this degree. Uh, and again, in his mind, I, these things still matter to him. I, re- I really believe that. Uh, so I think if he, if he loses, I don't know how much longer we see Conor McGregor in MMA. In MMA. Boxing? Sure. Whole other thing. In MMA? I think it could be the beginning of the end. I'll go that far. AK couldn't be more wrong, Mike. Literally oh, no. could not. Here we go. Here we go. All right. He started off right because we all know that actually losing doesn't matter at all to Connor. 
if he wants to just keep running it out there, he can Mike Tyson the rest of his career and still get paid. More importantly, I actually genuinely think a loss would be good for Connor because the problem with Connor right now, you could parse it a lot of ways, and a lot of people have suggested a lot of different things. To me, it seems really obvious that like Connor McGregor is is a one trick pony. Like he he had the one thing. It's a left hand and shit talking. And people are have cottoned on to it. And so that's just not gonna work anymore. And it's not that he can't have more tools. He is actually very good at fighting. He has a good analytical mind for a lot of things, but he is with a bad team. Like that's just it. And that's been the case the whole time. And John Cavanaugh is just not a very good coach. Like he's a not an awful coach, but who else from that team has done anything? Nobody. Like Conor McGregor has succeeded in spite of what he has working with him. Like I think a loss maybe makes him reevaluate. I'd hope that the first Poirier loss would do that because look, to, to give me a little foundation and try and not be way too fast here is, you know, coming into the Mayweather fight, what did, what did Kavanaugh and company say? We didn't know that Mayweather could fight coming forward and moving backwards. Like who the shit doesn't know that about one of the best boxers of his generation? Oh, we didn't anticipate the leg kicks from Poirier. Okay, you guys didn't have anything. No, you had no plan B. Like there was just a lot of not tactically good stuff going on in his last several fights. Yeah, we didn't know Habib would do what he did to us. Like, come on, man. I think Connor needs a change of camp. And I think a second loss to Poirier, where he comes in and says, you know, I, I was prepared for the leg kicks this time, but then Poirier just hit me with counter left hooks and I didn't see that coming. Maybe he's like shit. I need to broaden my horizons because he still has a lot of great tools to build on to, to get back to a title, but he needs a change. And I think a loss would actually be phenomenal for him. A big fight to cap off UFC 264. Again, there's a lot going on with the production elements. There's a lot that goes into the show. So if things look a little, little weird, we just got to push through it. All right. But we're going to talk more about the rest of UFC 264 coming up next. But the point for round one goes to I can't hear the drum roll, but I'm gonna guess it goes to the champs. Jed Mishu and Bernard yeah. Proches. Kristen, that was my fault. I flinched. I flinched. That's my fault. <laughs> it's fine, but I need to bring out that AK from last week. Come on. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. Get yourself pumped. Come on. Okay, okay. All right. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So, as, as Jed Mishu alluded to earlier, the rest of this card is really interesting. We talked about the Sean O'Malley fight against Chris Patino. Things got pretty heated on the show last week. But the co-main event is a good one. Between Gilbert Burns, he's looking to get back on track after losing his first title fight to Kabar Usman. He will do so against Stephen Thompson. So, Fernanda, I'm going to begin with you on this one because on paper, people look at this fight, the rankings, the names, and they react very positively. Like anytime Wonder Boy is involved in anything, people are put a smile on their faces. But in your eyes, what makes this fight so interesting and important on Saturday night in the co-main event? I think, because here's the thing with uh, Stephen Thompson, right? Whom I refuse to call Wonder Boy. He's way too old for that. I think everybody loves him. He's awesome. Um, and He's a very, very good fighter. <laughs> we know that, right? He has had two title shots. He came close. Like, he, he's competitive. He's always up there. And he's managed something that is truly remarkable, which is to be among the very top of a very competitive division for a long time. And I will say, personally, I have spent the last three years waiting for the sort of maturization of Stephen Thompson, which is that moment when we realize that his very his style that really depends heavily on reflexes and things that kind of go away with age that we're going to see that moment with him right and like we saw with with Leoto and that hasn't happened i keep like being surprised by Stephen Thompson because at the same time that, well, he's been on wars. He has a style that kind of spares him from damage. I think it's a style that like, again, like we've seen with, uh, with guys like Leoto kind of can age poorly on physiology alone, but here he has this opportunity to solidify himself, um, and I'm trying to think, I heard it on the show, maybe there was the morning combat, but that, that I agree that they talked about like how his, he's never really crossed over to being one of the greats, I think. And if he wins this fight, um, he might have the chance to, you know, fight for a title again and to really earn that spot. But the clock is ticking for him. Um, he's no longer, you know, a spring chicken. Like I said, I think it's 38. He's young in regular life years, but you know, he doesn't, I don't think he was going to have a lot more opportunities to really, you know, take this outstanding career by any measures to really the next level, to really be on the Olympus. So to me, that's on his side, that's important for that. And on the other side, 
you have Durinho, who is uh, who was kind of a very different trajectory. He kind of, I think, snuck up on a lot of people. Uh, we knew he was talented, but he had that very big weight cut at lightweight, came up, put together that string of wins. And I think he surprised a lot of us in many ways. Then he goes in there loses the way that he did to Usman when he had, which was a very categorical sort of loss, even though he had uh, a pretty big moment. Uh, so for him, it's, I think he has more leeway, I guess, at this point of his career, but at the same time, coming off that, that uh, loss in the title shot, it's important for him to win this one. And I, and then lastly, like as a fight, I think just stylistically is very interesting. Um, uh, Gilbert Burns, as we know, has a lot of power and I, hate to like bring bring it up in it when we're talking about any fights because it's such an easy uh, wide encompassing ar uh, argument right oh he has power but I do think that this is intriguing and matters in this particular matchup and I think everybody's kind of curious to see how, uh, how how Stephen Thompson's gonna deal with those challenges um, there's the ground element which we know that you know he's just uh, doing is just such an outstanding grappler so I think there's a lot a lot of elements that make this one a very, very intriguing match. Kristen, what do you think? I mean, obviously, it's the welterweight division. There's a lot at stake. There's no, I mean, it appears Colby Covington's the number one contender, but we haven't seen a, a pen to paper as it relates to that fight. So outside of just like the names and the rankings, like what about this fight makes it so interesting and so important on Saturday? Yeah, I think it all comes down as, who gets to keep their contender status at this point? I feel like Wonder Boy has reached the pinnacle before. He has gotten two title shots before against the then champion uh, Tyron Woodley, and he didn't put on the most exciting performance. A lot of people peg those as probably one of some of the most uh, boring title defenses in UFC history. And now that he's kind of worked his way back, by dispatching contender after contender. I mean, we're talking about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who, yes, is 38. He is reaching that point where you start to question how much longer are you going to be in this sport? But he's taken out guys that were painted as the future, and I'm sure they still are, but those kinds of losses against someone like Stephen Thompson don't really help in the long run. He took out Vicente Luque. He took out Jeff Neal. And he seems comfortable in just continuing to go after these contenders, especially these young contenders who say that Wonder Boy is more so of a stepping stone now or like a gatekeeper, which I think is completely false. But this is about contendership. Is Wonder Boy Thompson going to work his way back to that title shot? Or is Gilbert Burns going to remind everyone like, hey, I got a title shot for a reason. I took out the former champion and Tyron Woodley. I hurt the current champion in my last fight. And obviously it didn't go his way, but this is more so about, hey, I'm still a contender. I'm still of championship caliber and I'm going to prove that. And as you said, Kobe Covington is going to get a title shot, but you need to put a little asterisk on there and say, for now, because we have no idea what's going to happen in the Wonder Boy and Dorino fight. If something crazy happens, I don't know if Colby gets that shot. I know he's been promised it, but promises are meant to be broken. So I would definitely keep my eye out on this co-main event because this could very well decide who meets Usman somewhere down the line. And if Usman is ready to go fairly soon, 
and and somebody does something spectacular, then I think we have our answer as who's going to be the next contender. Yeah, there, there, there's two fascinating storylines in my eyes. One is all the pressures on Wonderboy here, all of it. Dorino doesn't really have a ton of pressure as long as Usman is the champion. Like, yeah, he wants to win and get back to it, but you know, if he loses to Wonderboy, it doesn't completely cripple him. Wonderboy, if he loses, it's probably it in, in terms of getting back to a title shot. And then the other thing is if Wonderboy goes out there and has a great performance, can he come out of it unscathed? Because that's been a big problem with him over these last several years is he gets these wins, but then he breaks one hand or breaks two hands and breaks, you know, tears a, a muscle in his leg. And, can, you know, can he bounce back quickly if they need him? That's another question. But the rest of this main card, AK, will go to you. It shapes out with the Tai Tuavasa versus Greg Hardy fight. We got Arena Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya. We have the aforementioned Sean O'Malley versus Chris Moutinho fight. Some fun preliminary fights as well. But even though Jed Mishu said before he hit record, don't ask this question. We're going to ask it anyways, because we like to look a little bit deeper on this program, as you very well know. So I'll, I'll expand it a little more. What's the low-key, deep-cut fight, fighter, or storyline coming up on Saturday that nobody's talking about right now? And Kay, you better you better say Sean O'Malley, Chris Moutinho. I know how much you love that matchup. You it better has say to that. Be, hey, look, my defending that my defending that matchup be your ass. So, uh, look, I I I don't know if they're because the, the two fights that I'm looking at they're not flying under the radar. Uh, again, maybe in a broader sense they are, but two of my I don't know I if this with Ryan Hall. I don't know. There's if this no way he's not going to. No, no, no. That. There's well, I mean, Fernanda, <laughs> but two of my guys are on this card. This ESPN prelims was like made for me. You've got <laughs> Ryan Hall and you've got Tembolador, uh, Michelle Pereira. I mean, how do I choose? How do I choose which one? I I, I, I think, I, I mean, you're going to surprise you. I'm going to talk about uh, Pereira more because I think a lot of people actually are uh, sort of talking about the Ryan Hall fight more. more. I'm, this is, a, I mean, I'm, I'm being pretty general here, but just kind of what I see on social media uh I do see a lot of people talking about Ryan Hall. Maybe it's because he's obviously the GOAT, you know, the greatest fighter in the sport today. Uh, I mean, it's because he fights so infrequently that people kind of like, when it happens, every, you know, their ears perk up. It's it's such an event. It's the rarity of it now that has made it special. Would we like to see it like every four months? Of course. Of course, we'd all prefer that. But, well, you know, Ryan Hall, he, he runs by his own schedule. You don't question when a, when a, a jujitsu prophet like Ryan Hall competes, you just listen. You just listen when it's time for him to perform. But Michelle Pajeda, again, I, I don't know if people have been paying enough attention. Maybe they've become a little disenchanted by the uh, more mature, more well thought out Michelle Pajeda. I, I haven't. I love seeing him fight more technically. I'd love to see some of the craziness come back for sure. As really since he's fighting Nico Price, a fellow psychopath. So uh, hopefully they'll oblige each other for some some shenanigans, but uh, that for me, that for me is the buzz. I don't want people to give up on Michelle Pajeda. And let me tell you something, to sort of play off uh, kind of what uh, my, my my tag team partner, who could not have been more correct in her last answer, uh, what, what she was saying, uh, how the welterweight picture is a little more wide open than people expect. I'm not saying Michelle Pajeda is gonna be next, but he, let's say he does spectacular care of Nico Price, gets another win later this year. Who knows if they can't agree to terms, you know, again, the Colby Covington thing, like we said, one of the reasons is is a bit of a difficult guy to negotiate with. So the door is open for certainly Stephen Thompson, the number one candidate, if he beats uh, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns, a little, uh, Gilbert Burns himself, a little less likely. Obviously, the fight was so recent, pretty definitive finish. But there's other guys that are available. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say Carl's Connor and Max Griffin, but there, it is a busy, uh, a more busy welterweight division than, than people think. 
so I, I do think there are other contenders, uh, contender applications on this card and other cards to come. Uh, though there is also the chance, because because of kind of what we said, that maybe Usman looks outside of welterweight for his next fight. I don't know if he's wants. He's obviously not going to fight Adesanya anytime soon, but. But the whole point is, I just want to kind of piggyback off what Kristen said, and uh, there's, I'm excited for the Pajeda fight uh, because, again, I think this guy could contend for a world title someday, and and because it's uh, it's, it's wide open. So yeah, I'm going with that as my quote unquote sleeper, but I hope not too many people are sleeping on that fight. Dig deep, Jed Mashu, what you got? One, what AK just said is literally crazier than anything Michelle Pajeda has done in a cage. That uh, he just he just tried to make a case. For- for Demondor to to contend for a title within a year, we don't want him contending for a title. Why are you trying to take all the things that make Michelle Pajeda fun away from him by making him fight reasonably and for championships? What you do is you put him against a guy like Nico Price. This is this is the platonic ideal of fighting, Mike. Like this is this is the fight of the weekend for me, unquestionably. Nico Price is a lunatic. He has a, a win from hammer fists on the bottom, which is a thing that, that doesn't happen. Michelle Pahey is going to throw backflips, assuming that he doesn't go full AK boring version of himself, which, knock on wood, because if that happens, then why are we even in this sport anymore? This is easily the only fight that matters this weekend. Like, this is a fight that, that could very simply live in fight circus totally harmoniously, and that's how you know it's the fight for me. So that's it. Like, I'll watch the rest of this card, and a lot of it's interesting. But there's, if I had to pick one fight this weekend, it is very obviously Pahaya Price. And I'll just catch up on the I'll, – I'll tune in to MMAfighting.com to read the results for the rest of them. It does kind of suck we're not getting another welterweight fight, Sean Brady versus Kevin Lee on this card. Luckily, it has been rebooked for next month. But we have 13 fights to, to, to be excited about on Saturday. Let us move ahead to another storyline based upon the main event of this card. But before we do that, we got to award the point for round two. And it goes to... The Challengers, A.K. Lee and Kristen King are on the board. Jed tried his best to try to get that point but he just couldn't do it. And uh, I'm doing, you can, they can't see me, Mike, but I'm doing an elaborate dance right now. They can't uh, see me. I apologize. Oh, oh no, I've been exposed. <laughs> she called me out. Well, I mean, I just, I mean, I just did it. No, the camera came just on, just as I finished the dance. For so, sure, for uh, sure. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, sure yeah. it looks nice. we'll, I'll, 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 I'll do it again and I'll tweet it out later. Don't worry. Okay. Can I just interject real quick, just so, because Michelle Pereira's name, it's Pereira. It's like a hard R. It's not Fejera. You might be confusing it with Fejera, which is actually my last name, but it's pronounced different because Fejera has two R's and Fejera has one R. Sorry, had to get it out of my system. Thank you. My Brazilian we years were. Things. Thank you. Our team is educational too, Mike. We don't Jed. have to steal the ideas Culture of too. other people. Jed, Jed, Cyril yeah. gone. Cyril <laughs> gone. Cyril gone. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. You could do it. You I don't do believe it. in myself. All right. Let, <laughs> let, let us move ahead. Uh, we, this name has been mentioned a few times already on this program. So to, to, to paint the picture, a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with Colby Covington, who gave us an update on what's been happening in regards to the rematch with Kamara Usman. Nothing has been done yet. 
But I asked his thoughts on a couple of things regarding UFC 264. First, he cut a promo on Stephen Thompson, which Stephen Thompson reacted to. You can go to MMA Fighting's YouTube page and check out Stephen Thompson's Media Day Scrum. He responded to everything Colby said in that conversation. And then I asked his prediction for the Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor fight, which he eventually gave when I asked him a second time. But the first time I asked him, he goes off on Dustin. And then he said that, he had this video he was gonna release of Dustin knocking out an amateur fighter in sparring and then screaming and new and celebrating the moment over and over again. So Kobe, Colby goes on to release the video earlier this week. There's been a lot of reaction to said video. First, it didn't seem as if the actual sparring was out of the ordinary. Secondly, it was not an amateur fighter. It was a fighter who was revealed to be Philippe Douglas, who fights for Titan FC, who is 18 and five as a pro fighter. And then on top of that, a lot of fighters step in and went to Dustin's defense, including Jorge Masvidal. So to be fair, Jed Mishu, and we're gonna start with you here, the thing Colby was most adamant about in regards to the release of this video was not the sparring and the knockout, it was Poirier's reaction, him celebrating everything and saying and new and acting like this guy that he knocked out was, was Habib Nurmagomedov or whoever he's getting ready to fight. So Jed, what was your reaction overall to this video release? Because I'm pretty excited to hear your your thoughts on this. Honestly, I don't have to give you much here. It was really lame. Uh, Colby Covington is falls ass backwards into headlines because he's pretty bad at playing the media game in a lot of ways. Uh, everybody just dragged him. Like every professional fighter was just like, "Yeah, man, this is dumb," <laughs> and and that's. That's totally right. Like, it was very dumb. Colby's clearly in the wrong here. Uh, I'd like to spend the rest of my time talking about why Colby uh, is such a coward and won't face me on between the links. <laughs> Everybody knows real men settle things with their words. Yeah, he can kick my ass in a fist fight, but I'll give him I'll give him the dozens on here if he ever wants to come, come and take that business. Oh. But that's all I got, Mike. I'm going to tag him a partner here and let, let Nanda just, just put the wood to him. Well, I'm going to let Nanda respond to this in a moment, but uh, we, we got your response. I, I, I got to get the Prince of Positivity side of this release, especially after this buildup, AK. What did you make of it all? The, the positive, uh, the, I mean, I'm positive. I feel very good that this has further exposed Colby Covington as an idiot. I mean, that's probably the, like, this is, I understand he has a following that no matter what he says or how much he clowns himself, they're going to look at it as like, oh, you, oh man, you got him. And you only have to look to the replies. Uh, you know, the, the video has been sort of aggregated and, and, and uh, re-uploaded by other people, thank goodness. But the replies, the original tweet, the initial ones were like, like, damn, why'd you got it? Why'd you got to Dustin like that during fight week, man? Like you, you, you murdered him. Like he, you murdered him. He's about to go fight. Like, how could you do that? And, and I get it. That audience is there, but I'm, like I said, Mike, this is the positive. This is the positivity. I'm not a cynical man. I'm a I'm a positive person. I'm an optimist, and I believe that overall, people see you know fans see stuff like this, and more and more you know when these stunts just kind of fall through and he falls flat on his face, people see him see him for for the charlatan that he is. So so that is my positive take on it because the actual content I think does nothing positive at all for uh, Colby Covington's career, that's for sure. It's a, it's, it's a joke. Like, like we said, we thank, thank goodness, you know, we, we, we reached out to people and we got this, we got the story. Uh, the guy in falls himself was like, this happens all the time. It's not a big deal. What are we talking about? So my real conclusion and, uh, 
Kristen, Kristen's young and hip, so she'll, she'll. I'm sure she would have said this, but uh, I believe the kids. I believe the kids on the social media say, uh, "Here's that attention you ordered, Colby." So there you go. So here's the attention he ordered. He got it again this week. Let's move on until this guy gets a fight or something. Kristen King, you are the hip one, according to AK. What do you feel this release actually accomplished? Like whether it accomplished something for Colby, for for Poirier, for anybody else who reacted to it, whatever way you want to go with this, what did this actually accomplish? I mean, if this was some ploy to take away from the fact that he might lose his title shot, depending on what happens in the co-main event, I don't know if he wanted to detract uh, attention from that, but as far as I can see, I have no idea what this accomplished for Colby Covington. It was just such a, it was a weird moment when he finally released the video because I think he first showed it to Mike Bond over at MMA Junkie. And uh, it was just kind of like, okay, well, we're taking your word for it. We haven't seen it. And then of course to drum up some drama, I guess, because apparently Dustin Poirier is one of the most beloved figures in MMA, which I completely understand. Um, he wants to put this, paint this negative light of Justin Poirier for, again, whatever reason, I have no clue. And it really did just backfire because you saw nothing really out of the ordinary. I did see people say like, whoa, that's kind of messed up a little bit. But I would say 95% of the people that saw that video just took it as, well, that happens in sparring. That is something that continues to happen in sparring. So. I don't know what exactly he was trying to do, but it was such a letdown, especially after all this hype, all this buildup. It was like, the big reveal, it's coming, the big reveal. That's it? Oh, okay. I, I guess, I mean, I guess you got your headlines, but didn't really do anything. Didn't make me wanna burn all my Dustin Poirier shirts and pour out his hot sauce in the sink. I, I didn't feel the need to do any of that. What do you think, Fernanda? What what did this video release actually accomplish? Did it, did it accomplish anything? I think it's it's. I feel like this is like a bad position because everything has been said. But uh, what I see it is, I think there's no way around it. Like it just proved that Kobe Covington, like Alex said, is a fucking idiot. But. <laughs> The whole thing, sorry, I need, I, it's not my podcast. I should not be swearing. Apologies, <laughs> listeners, for that's a my point. That's a, that's a point. That's a, that's a deduction. That's, that's a warning. <laughs> like, you've got to at least give a warning. you got to give a warning. Okay, yeah, I'll take the deduction. The I'm confident I can win deduction. Oh, my freaking or not. ears. Uh, but the whole thing is that uh, I feel like it reeks of desperation, right? This is a person who... I think for me and I think for a group of people like his whole gimmick and the whole thing was very transparent from the get-go. I never really thought like Covington offered something interesting or original. He wanted to be a heel, but he did it in the most obvious and lazy way possible. And I can't say that it didn't work because it did. It got him a fan base. But the problem with that kind of thing is that he was never a big wordsmith. He wasn't a sharp sort of, because you had villainy types like Bisping, who made a whole turnaround, but I think all of us can remember a time, except for maybe Kristen, because she's probably very young. <laughs> she looks very young. <laughs> the rest of us. Yeah, you use such language. 
I can't wait to hear how old Fernanda thinks I am because if it's the age that I'm thinking, I'm walking off. Dramatic. I could be wrong. Nanda, do it. I like 24. Dude, if she walks off, it's two on one. Wait, she 24? said 24. She's not that far off, so yeah. I will give her that. Uh, I'm staying. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so the whole thing is that we remember a time when Bisping was a total villain, and but he kept it interesting by just being smart and quick and having like cool comebacks and stuff. And this has never been Covington thing. His whole thing was very prepackaged, has always been. And it gets old after a while, right? So I feel like I, for instance, again, I have a, maybe a tough time uh, gauging buzz because at once upon a time I worked for MMA Junkie and I was in the news all day. So things were a lot more in my face than they are now, but I don't see him getting engagement, uh, attention for his usual shenanigans the way that he used to. And so he does this attacking who a guy who is well known, who has, you know, a, a humanitarian thing, who has like his own organization, who is known as one of the biggest good guys in MMA. And by doing that, he can get attention on, on himself. Like, it's been established, like all of us, like everyone said, it was bad attention because everybody kind of agreed. I think a lot of people kind of like, oh, but the guy, like there was no headgear or whatever, or that the celebration was extra. But people who this, people who know how hard party sessions are probably weren't that surprised. Uh, the guy on the video himself, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, he's Brazilian said it himself like there was nothing out of the ordinary uh the celebration thing it was him like hyping himself up during a camp and that's you know the kind of thing you do he even said it himself like i personally don't know if i would do it but i don't mind that he did because it's you know his mindset and whatever he needs to do so it was bad attention but we it got us talking about freaking kobe covington again in the middle of a freaking huge fight week that he's not involved in so to that extent, was he successful? Is this what he wanted to do? Like his, his uh, just to get his name out there, did he anticipate maybe that people wouldn't even care? I don't know. I don't know if he's smart enough for that. I don't know him personally. Um, I When I say Kobe Covington, when I talk about Kobe Covington, I'm talking about the persona. I'm not talking about the person, which... I have a whole other argument about how this doesn't make anything any better because if you're doing shitty things for money, it doesn't make you any less, uh, sorry, not shitty, baddie. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. That's the thing, right? What did it accomplish? It accomplished us talking about him in a fight week that had nothing to do with him. Maybe that was his goal. Well, I mean, if, if the plan was to rattle Dustin Poirier, it didn't seem to rattle him at all. I did reach out to Colby to see if he had any reaction to the reaction, and I did not get a response. So so take from that what you will. But we will reach move out ahead. Reach see if he's got any reaction to my call out because I want, I want <laughs> the man right here. I want him here. Because I, I could do great things for that man's career because he's – He's bad tail sonning. Like he has the right ideas. His execution is awful. And I think one hour long session of catching the business for me yeah. here on between the links, he will learn a lot of things right. and be a better man for it. You, you are what has been missing. I think Jed from the Colby Covington formula uh, for, for all the flack that we have given him, uh, you know, over the past couple of years, over the course of this show, it's really, like you said, one good tete-a-tete avec, Jed Mashu, uh, that will that will just turn everything around for him. It'll win. It'll you know who knows. It, it could. It might even win in Kristen over. I I don't know. Maybe maybe you can do that for him. I sincerely doubt it. But I've seen you. I've seen you uh, do stranger things before. <laughs> well, we are gonna 
move ahead to the world of Bellator and some big news yes. that went down a couple of weeks ago. But the point for round number three goes to... I got to give it to the champs. The gusto is unbelievable. The call out from Jed, Fernanda feeling like we're on HBO and not on YouTube, <laughs> dropping F-bombs like it's going out of style. I mean, that's a deduction. That's a point. That's a, are you going to give her a warning? This is at least, MMA. Mike? This is MMA. Okay? This is a, a bunch of warnings. She, she has at least a dozen more F-bombs to oh drop. Oh, my yeah. God. You didn't say the same word every time. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. It's true. It's true. It gets, you get one I, it, grab, one low blow, one eye poke. Come on. Well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <clears throat> it is two to one. The challengers have their backs against the wall, but we're going to move ahead to something that we did not discuss this past week on the program, but we're going to go ahead and discuss it now because there's so much going on. It was revealed 13 days ago that Fedor Emelianenko will be making his return to the Bellator cage for the first time since his first round finish of Quentin Rampage Jackson in Japan in December of 2019. He's going to do so in Moscow and the opponent is the dreaded TBD. Of course, a lot of fighters have apparently raised their hands for said opportunity. Scott Coker said that he's heard from the teams or fighter names such as Alistair Overeem, Junior Dos Santos, Josh Barnett. Fabricio Verdum has publicly stated he wants the fight. And also, I spoke with Jake Hager last week. He also wants the fight and he wants it badly. So I'm going to go ahead and ask for the interest of time, the same question to everyone here. So a two-parter, Kristen King, we're going to begin with you. One, what is your reaction to Fedor coming back, the announcement, if you will, and two, who should this opponent be and why? So reaction to Fedor coming back, I was pretty surprised. I thought that we had pretty much seen the last of him after the Rampage Jackson fight. Um, so I was very shocked to see that he had decided to come back uh, to mixed martial arts competition at this stage in the game. I mean, he's to me, I guess he's still a draw um, to those really hardcore fans and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think that we would really ever get tired of seeing Fedor fight. So props to you for wanting to come back at this stage. I mean, it's a big win for Bellator, especially because he was pretty much one of the main pillars of their roster for quite some time, especially the heavyweight roster, obviously. Um, as far as the opponent goes, I think that Fabricio Verdum probably has the better chance of getting that fight. I'm just a little confused as to what's going to happen because was he not a part of PFL? I believe he pulled himself out of the uh, heavyweight tournament for some injuries sustained in his last fight. But I'm interested in seeing, is he no longer under contract with PFL for that reason? So if that gets figured out, if I get the answer to that question, that would be great. I would love to see Fabricio get that opportunity again, because he did shock the world when he beat Fedor again. And he seems pretty adamant that he can do it 
for a second time, I wouldn't be surprised if he could pull it off. So I like that. Um, and as weird as it's going to sound, if he doesn't get it, I'm not mad at how I know him by Jack Swagger of WWE fame. I'm not mad at him getting that either. I think it'd be a fun storyline, especially if he adapts that kind of persona that we have all come to know of his when he was still uh, wrestling in WWE. It'd be the American versus the Russian. You know that old story that we can go for time and time again. It just always seems to work, especially when you want to drum up interest in these kinds of fights. So my only thing would be like, it'd be weird I guess, to go from fighters like J.W. Kaiser and T.J. Jones all the way to someone who is considered the greatest of all time, especially at the heavyweight division. So that might be weird, but sometimes we don't care. And in this instance, I don't care. So if Fabricio doesn't get it, Jack Swagger should definitely get it. I'd be (laughs) 1,000% down for that. Tag me in. Tag me in, Kristen. Kristen, tag me in. No, 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 who are like, oh no, we, I don't want to pro wrestling. I have anything to do with them. I'm a broken record on this, guys. Do your history, read the connection between pro wrestling and MMA. It goes back like over a century. It's. I'm not saying they're the same thing, by the way. I'm not saying if you love one, you have to love the other, but they're they're intertwined. They will always be intertwined. So this to me is such a matchup that is in the spirit of MMA. I love it so much. I I think competitively, it's it's. If you're gonna hate this, I know, I know. But look, Fedor is up there in age. He's still ridiculously skilled. Okay, but 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 age, athleticism matters. And uh, Jake Hager is not like a spring chicken either. He's like 38, 39 years old. But in terms of you know uh, MMA mileage, um, yes, he's done some amateur wrestling. But I think it's fair to say he has less combat sports mileage, wear and tear from pro wrestling as well. But MMA is, I think, very specific, and he, he's still he's still fresh in there, uh, in, in that world. So I. It's a matchup that is it's intriguing on that level of it's not unrealistic that Hager could beat him. It's not realistic at all that Hager could beat him. So so I like that aspect of it. I'm not saying I'd pick him, but but I like that aspect of it. I like that they could build it up in AEW. They can build up another Bellator show. AEW is a weekly show. He can hype this up in a way that you can't really hype up other Bellator matchups. Uh, the other thing is Fedor says he has two fights left, one in the U.S., uh, one in Moscow. That's his understanding of how this is going to work out anyway. Obviously, the mass Moscow one, it sounds like it'll be next. But in the U.S., come on, we we go with Jake Hager. Unless we can drag Randy Couture out of retirement and have that happen. But like Kristen said, there's we don't know what's going on for Doom and PFL. So we don't, certainly don't know what will be going on with Randy Couture and PFL. That's all going to get cleared up. Jake Hager is right there. They're invested in him. He can sell a fight. He's a believable threat. I I love the Jake Hager Fedor matchup. Bellator, do it. This you have you have set this up for yourself. Do not drop the ball on this. That's the one. All right. Well, Jen and Fernanda, I mean, you guys can kind of fight it out for Jen yourself. Who goes first? Jen has feelings. Jen, this is great. This is great because things got very interesting between you and AK last week when we were discussing something 
very similar here. Guys with experience against guys with lots of experience or no experience. And here we are again a week later talking about what's next for Fedor. There's Jake Hager, who's only had four pro fights, maybe five. And then you got all these other guys who are former world champions in the UFC and other organizations. What are we doing here? What is your response to the to the challengers? Mike, I'm going to need you to not compare Sean O'Malley fighting Chris Matinho to Fedor Emelianenko in, in literally any capacity <laughs> ever. But AK is super wrong. Uh, he's on the right track, but he's very wrong with his outcome, much like Colby Covington, who has good ideas but bad execution. Because Fedor should fight a former professional wrestler. It's just that he needs to fight Josh Barnett. There's a huge history there. Like, they've been supposed to fight for over a decade. They were booked to fight at least at one point in time for the Third Affliction show. Barnett's old. Fedor, like, this isn't a retirement fight. This is one more, and that is – that's just the fight. I think that's unquestionably – I don't really care about a Verdum rematch. It's fine if it happens, but that's – give me what I haven't ever seen before, even if it's 10 years past its sell-by date. I'll eat those stale Cracker Jacks. I'll eat them right off the floor because that that was Cracker Jacks I wanted at one point in time. So that's pretty obviously the fight for me. Anything else? Uh, I'm going to watch it because I'm going to watch Fedor compete until he's 700 if he wants to keep rolling out there because I have a deep and enduring love for that man. He was one of one of, if not the main reason I got involved in this sport. You know, him and BJ Penn really made me fan, like made me a fan of this. And so I'll watch him forever, uh, even if it gets sad and tragic, like watching BJ ended up turning into do. But for me, pretty obviously, Josh Barnett is the dude. Uh, and this seems this seems really easy, like really super straightforward. Put the papers in front of him. Let's get it done. I'm stoked to watch it. Nanda, bring it home. I, I never know which side things are happening on. That's why I, I don't attempt to high-five you, Jed, just, <laughs> just to clarify. Uh, just this, double high-five. Um, okay, I think that that this is a difficult one just because you can really justify a lot of matchups depending on your optics or on the way you think that this should end for Fedor. If you think that this uh, should be, you know, maybe Jake Hager... I don't, I, I'm Brazilian. I don't know this WWE thing, but um, the whole thing, like maybe that's a winnable fight against a guy who doesn't have the MMA resume, but that could be, you know, interesting in a very, like in a kind of novelty kind of way. You can justify it that if, if that's how you see it, um, you can justify, I think Josh Barnett is a kind of like nostalgic fight. Like Jed said, the, the stale crackers, somebody still wants them. Maybe there's still, you know, if, as long as there's no mold in them, maybe you can eat them. Uh, the whole thing, uh, or you can just like go with my, so I will agree with Chris and my heart's pick would be Verdun for this one, just because I feel like there is history there. A couple of years ago, I would have been scared to do that because I feel like a couple of years ago Fabrizio would have just murdered him uh, with the way he was fighting. Now, and it, nobody wants to see Fedor go out like that. Um, now, I think 
there's still a pretty good chance that Fabrizio will win this, but uh, it makes a little more sense than it would have a few years ago. Again, I think the history is so interesting because that really was, and I interviewed uh, Fabrizio about it uh, on the, I think it was 10th anniversary or, or something of the fight. And he mentioned like this was the, he was a AFC champion, but this was like the moment of his career. There's so much history. There's so much baggage that could be done. Uh, obviously the clear pick, uh, Fabio Maldonado, that rematch that we've all been clamoring for, for years years <laughs> obviously a joke people on the chat please. oh oh so, so funny <laughs> and if you, and if it is hilarious i'm hilarious um nando, but what if, if you want to go crazy what sorry let's say nando what if i offered you a different brazilian instead of fabrizio verdum what if i'm gonna give one brazilian what let's if see if it matches anderson silva i was gonna say belford Oh, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd take that too. I think both are like crazy enough to. That would be my final. I feel like I cheated. I absolutely cheated. I just said a bunch of names, and that's not fair. But that's the game. Uh, but yeah, like if you want to get crazy with it, like just do some really crazy shit. Just throw either Vitor or Anderson. I don't know. I don't know about the, the size because he's tall, but he's skinny. But yeah, you can throw either one of those in there and make it super chaotic. I'd watch the hell out of Anderson Silva versus Fedor. Like I'd watch the hell out of that. You, I feel I feel like I you guys too. you guys need to compare. I, I I'm I'm a little worried you guys aren't that uh, team No Name uh, isn't on the same page here. I feel like I just saw this wrestling right. spot right. where like where I, he agreed someone, with my pick someone, and I agreed with this. Someone was trying to hold me and then and then I ducked and then one guy clotheslined the other guy. I feel like that's what just happened there. I feel like uh, my other unlike the King and I, uh, by the way, trademark. Mm -hmm. A TM, uh, who are oh, actually, actually, I probably cannot. Yeah, I probably cannot trademark that. Dude, yes, let's, I'm pretty let's sure cut, that's let's cut that out. Let's cut that out. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I can't afford to get sued. Uh, look, we are forward. You you were you guys. The one thing you guys did agree on is that the 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 Barnett fight is like moldy crumbs on the floor. So this is what we're selling. It's to, not moldy. Okay, I I received crumbs. With help. Yeah, we can't act like this is fresh, okay. man. It's forty-five-year-old dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those crumbs in the oven make some like toasties or whatever. It still works. <laughs> I think. I think the purpose of all of this is we all agree. Fedor needs a crazy fight. What's crazier than WWE guy? Jack Swagger. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes him, though, is the problem. Nobody cares about that That's, dude. And, and everybody loves Fedor. That's what's so great about it. Right. Look, the, the, know who to root listen, for at that point. Listen, the, the King and I are both in our, in our uh, early 20s, I think. And so we're very forward-thinking people, okay? So this oh, is why sure. we're going with a fresher... I, you you guys want to you you old school heads want to live in the past and oh affliction let's bring back an affliction matchup the kids don't care about these days the kids like Chris, like oh, Kristen yeah, and the I the kids are very into Fedor Fedor is We're the last the newest trend on TikTok that's why you need the is like that's yeah. That's all you need the Hager part. You bring in the young fan, you know, 39, right. 39 year old Jake Hager. You bring in the young sure fan. You're bringing in the youth. You're bringing in sure. the newer fans, okay? I'm just saying, the King yeah. and I are on the same page with this one. I thought I felt there was a little consternation on your side. Fernanda, I say this because I care about you. 
I care about you and your tag team sure. partnership with Jed. I, I just want to make sure you do it. I know how he can be. I just want to make sure you're I okay. I came in this oh. with a friendly attitude. I'm going from Connor on uh, the rematch to Connor three. Connor okay. Warrior three. Good. That's, I'm that's escalating this. And you asked for it. <laughs> That's I, I, I have to. I have to take. Definitely. I have to take control here. Definitely. We are on a time. Please. We are on a time crunch. Please, please. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell Casey to save the drum roll. Save the drum roll, because the king and I, the camaraderie that you guys just showed there, you get the point. Let's we're go. going. We're going to the knockout round. We're going to the knockout round because that's the only way we can decide this thing. All right. So one question is going to decide it all. Neither of these competitors know what the question is. However, they will all have the chance to answer this question. And this could get interesting because maybe the teammates will agree. Maybe they'll disagree. Maybe all four competitors will agree. Maybe all will disagree. So the importance, the emphasis, if you will, will be on how you present your argument. And once that is complete, with the help from the live studio audience, we will turn it out over to EKC Leiden, who is in Las Vegas right now, doing an incredible job keeping the show going. He will render the final verdict in this matchup. So we're going to turn it over to the champions, Jed and Fernanda. You have the champion's prerogative. So champs, would you like to exercise said prerogative or would you like to go first? You, you choose, Jed. I trust right, We're, we're going to take the prerogative. We'll, we'll let the challengers lead off so we can, you know, sink because apparently you place a high value on camaraderie. All right, well, luckily I don't have to make the decision on this one. So there is uh, AK and Kristen. You guys, while I'm reading this out, you guys can start sort of figuring out who's going to go first here. So there is one other big piece of potential business that we have not discussed yet. A fight that looks like it could be taking place in September in the co-main event of UFC 266. Nate, Nick Diaz, excuse me, not Nate, Nick Diaz's return is in the works. It is not a done deal yet, but all signs are pointing to a fight between Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, a rematch from a fight that took place all the way back to UFC 247 over 17 years ago, where Diaz got the win when he stopped Lawler in the second round. So AK and Kristen, who's gonna go first before I present the actual question here? Mike, Mike, you know I always like to go first, but again, I am normally I don't have the good fortune of uh, having such a competent and intelligent partner who I know who I know is again has been waiting to, for another. She is now the hot tag, so uh, Kristen, please, if you would, please, uh, would you lead us off? Sure, I have no problem. Let's do it. All right, so Kristen, while this fight makes a hell of a lot of sense, is this the road that should be traveled for Nick Diaz's return to the octagon for the first time since January, 2015? If so, why? And if there's a better option that's out there, what is that option? We're gonna put one minute on the clock. Your time starts now. Yeah, this is absolutely the route that you wanna take with a Nick Diaz fight. First of all, the Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler is I first fight is iconic in itself because of that ending and because of the way they just straight up threw bombs throughout that entire fight and you wanted to see it again you wanted to see it back however long it took place you said 17 years ago i didn't realize that it was that old but damn it i don't care i want to see it again for the purpose of we get to see this rematch and it may be fun are both guys still in prime shape Maybe, I guess we'll find out, but I have no qualms about it. I love this matchmaking. 
if there was a better option, if they wanted to do something different, you know who they could run it back against. And let's see if he wins his fight this weekend against Max Griffin. Let's do the Carlos Condit fight again. Everybody knows it was Diaz 1-2-5. So if you really want a definitive stamp on the Condit versus Diaz thing, run that back. I have no problem with that. So there are fights out there for Nick, but I think the Robbie Lawler one is the perfect one to start with. And then we can see what it leads to. All right. We bring in the tag team partner who is so impressed. Alex Kaylee. Come on in, my friend. Do I even need to go? I mean, if you want, you got one minute. You could either you could pump her tires or you can uh, expound upon what you just said. It is up to you. One minute starts right now, AK. Yeah, no, Krilla Kristen's absolutely right. And it's not just a, because it's a, it's a cool matchup. It's a rematch that people have been waiting for for so long that that it's evergreen. You know, if there if this was a world where these guys could fight forever, people would 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 watch this fight every year. You know, if it's 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 just such a great matchup. And and sort of the other side of it is kind of like what we're not doing with uh, Nick Diaz at this point in his career and with Robbie Lara, like what we should not be doing, is is wondering, oh, you know, how do they square up its up and coming contender? Or can Robbie Lawler or Nick Diaz still still make their way up the, you know, up the rankings for a title shot? They're beyond those things now. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Nick Diaz couldn't. I mean, I think Nick Diaz is certainly closer. We've had Kamaru Usman saying forever that he wants to fight him. So, you know, that's in play for him. But if that never happens, we're making up for lost time here. It sucks so hard that Nick Diaz missed all those years for, for you know, what we know is a bum rap for uh, for the devil's lettuce. Uh, and, and for him to, to, to get to do this fight, this rematch, which we want to see, or the Carlos Connor rematch, as, as Chris mentioned, or fights with so many other potential veterans, it's exciting, and and this is this is this absolutely is the right way to go. So props to the UFC for this one. All right, so Jed and Nanda, who's going first here? Nanda's gonna take it. All right, Nanda. So we got Diaz Lawler two, potentially in September, co-main event of UFC 266. Is this the fight to make? If so, why? If not, what's a better option? One minute on the clock. Your time starts now. It's going to be edgy and just disagree for the sake of disagreeing. But I actually do think I'm going to go with the same opinion as the challengers and that I do think that it makes a lot of sense just because, you know, who else are you going to get Nick Diaz within there at this point? Like you don't want him facing some hungry up and comer who is not necessarily well known. You also uh, don't want him to fight an absolute beast that will necessarily murder him. You want him to fight somebody who has a name whom he shares history with and who can is known for fireworks like no matter what happens in the stages of any of those guys' careers no matter what happens with Robbie Lara or what happens with Diaz we we want to watch them fight so I just feel like you know you could argue that it could be, I, I, I think I saw somebody online saying that it was kind of a lose-lose in the sense that it, whatever outcome happens, it's depressing and we're going to see somebody we like uh, or who somebody we're interested in make us sad. And that is a fair argument. Uh, but at the same time, I do feel like who else, you know, um, the other veterans like Conant or whatever they do make sense. They're interesting. But I do think that at this point, at their stages, careers, uh-huh. and there's your, enough your, your time there. is up, Miss um, Miss Francis. Your, your, time, your time has been up for a while. And so yeah, I agree with that. But <laughs> your, I will. Your, your I will ask. Wow. Your time is wow. Uh, I will ask. Time, does that time is, happen? Time is up. All right, that's Casey chiming in from Las Vegas, yeah. being the, the the true judge here. Uh, Jed Mishu, when even the the, the, the mere mention of this question came up. You were 
doing the AK dance, whatever dance we couldn't see on camera, you did it yourself. I watched it. It was, it was glorious. So the floor is yours, sir. One minute on the clock. There it is. Here we go. I think you passed it. Okay, go. (laughs) I was so happy because I wanted it to be this because you know, my feelings, Mike, I made it very clear on this program. It ain't happening. Nick Diaz isn't fighting again. I don't care if he says it, if there's a contract signed again, until I see him walk to the cage, fight a man, and I get three sleeps afterwards to confirm that I did not dream or hallucinate or was drugged, he isn't fighting again. Nick Diaz is the biggest purveyor of wolf tickets in this sport for the last 10 years since he fought. He's been saying, I'm coming back. And he thinks about it and he's like, oh, maybe it'd be kind of fun. And then he gets a little baked and does some nunchuck and is like, never mind, that seems shitty. I'm not going to do it. He's not coming back. I, it's just not happening. We all need to move on from Nick Diaz in our life. We just got a Nate Diaz fight and it was a super Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz fight. Celebrate the things we do have, not the things we want and won't ever get, because this is one of those not happening. Wow. All right. A lot to, to, to keep in mind here, but as we await for the viewers to chime in to the responses tomorrow, weigh-in show goes down at noon Eastern for UFC 264. Then there's going to be a preview show. Not sure how that's going to work. But on Saturday, we hope to bring you a pre-fight show before the event begins. Plus, we'll have all of your post-fight coverage, the press conference, the post-fight show. So keep it locked right here on MMAfighting.com. As we turn it on over to a man who is in Las Vegas to cover UFC 264, who has a very important decision right now, E. Casey Lydon, who is leaving the virtual BTL arena with the tag team titles. Punish Nanda for going over the time limit? Oh, man. You're cheating your time. Yeah, this I is... apologize. I didn't swear once after you told me not to swear for the third time. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me look at Let me look at what are comments coming in. All right, all right. Your winner. Oh man. The blue corner. AK Lee. Christine we have Daniels. new champions. We have new champions. <laughs> Alex, happy for Kristen though. Kristen King. The King and I. Happy for Kristen. And for Kristen alone. Okay? You're not happy for anybody. This is trash. Unity. <laughs> Unity. Uh, I can't we be friends. Let's, yes, Kristen, sing it. Let's, Woohoo! Uh, I think Kristen should get get the, the victory speech here. But I want to say, obviously, much love to Jed, Jennifer, and individually on any given day. I fear both. Of you. There was a look in Fernanda's eyes just before uh, that. I, I got scared just before that final answer. I got scared. Individually, they kick my ass up and down any day. But like doesn't. But partners, being a good partner, being a good tag team partner. I brought in Kristen and having a partner of Kristen's caliber, we had it in the bag. No fear. Oh yeah, B- thank you for inviting me to do this. I could not be more happy with my partner. He stumbled a little bit, 
in the early rounds, but we got it together because it's unity. And you know what? I have to thank the most gracious opponents ever. Fernanda, Jed, you guys could have fun. Not even gonna lie, I was worried, I was terrified because I know Jed's track record on this show. And then you pair it with Fernanda. I was like, oh man, I don't know if it's gonna, if this is gonna work out well. But like I said, we root for the underdogs here. And you know what I will say, I want this to be like the hardcore titles. I want to defend it whenever, wherever. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, 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 oh, you, you let me handle this. This oh, is the, the prime stalemate here, okay? We're gonna defend it whenever, wherever. You have a rematch clause, exercise it wisely. But thank you for the matchup. Wow, <laughs> I get stuff. it. Plug your stuff. Yeah, plug your stuff before I plug turn it over to the to the former champions. Oh, uh, my stuff. I'll give I'll give I'll give John a minute to to breathe. He seems very disappointed. I, I, I'm disappointed too. I feel like this this was more on me. I feel like Jeb was in rare form today. Maybe I wasn't. Uh, I did cost us a few points, I think, with just, uh, you know, having a foul mouth. It happens. <laughs> but I am still proud of our team. I do not take Alex Lee's accusations that we were not united because we were, okay? We were a united front. I think that Jed is a very strong competitor. I think we are a very strong team. And we'll be back. Go back to the gym, work on our mistakes, you know, and then we'll come back stronger. All I'm saying here is, one, you're not the underdogs because clearly AK has paid off the judging staff to get two <laughs> shenanigan wins over me back-to-back -back weeks. And second, how are we going to reward AK's whole argument? He just was on about uh, Jake Hager, whatever that dude's name is now. He needs to fight Fedor. And then he comes in and is like, ah, Nick Diaz and Robbie yeah. Lawler don't need to yeah. fight young contenders. That's yeah. not, that's contradicting. Especially because the fight's not going to happen. My I didn't, the fight won't happen yeah. in July. Nick uh, Diaz ain't fighting at all. This is garbage uh, again, Mike. You're running a shoddy ship and I don't respect it. Here's a big here's a big difference, Jed. I didn't recall I didn't call the matchup that I was campaigning for crumbs off of the floor. That probably did not help your argument. I'm sorry, I'm probably, honest. Probably that I I'm not gonna probably pretend like forty-five year old that Fedor in twenty twenty one is Chris and new. It's not. You gotta sell it. Well, we should it. we should clip these last ninety seconds for the rematch trailer, whenever that happens. So I don't tag team. Rematch. I want yeah. Colby Covington, Mike. Maybe we'll see Jed versus Colby. Maybe we'll see a rematch for the tag team titles. Who knows? But all we do know is that UFC 264 goes down on Saturday. We will be all over it. So we're getting out of here. For Casey, big thank you to him on the production. He made this ship sail. Although some people may not agree with the judging, it doesn't matter. The show went off with very little hitch, and we appreciate that very much. So for Kristen, AK, the new champions, Fernanda Prochis, Jed Mishu, I am Mike Heck. We will see you back here next week once again on Between the Links. Good night, everybody. This has been Between the Links, an Esterland production and Bermay fighting. Hey, that's Godzilla. That's <laughs> 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 Have you teamed up with Godzilla next week? <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.